I put on uh, my Birkenstocks to take Violet to the bus this morning, as I do every morning, but it was like 45 degrees and I thought it was going to freeze to death. Oh, the Missourian in me is dead. Well, if it makes you feel better, I wear a down jacket when it's like 65. <laughs> okay, it does. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we talk about rejecting anxiety. We've also got a mailbag question about how we keep our creative juices flowing. In Hits and Bombs, I've got a podcast hit, and we've got a shared bomb. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack is easy, delicious, and nutritious. Yes. But first, Sarah, we have a couple of updates. First of all, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Today is Halloween. Wanted to mention to everybody um, that on Happier, we had Melissa Hartwig Urban, who, of course, is famous worldwide for the whole 30, <laughs> um, talk to us about the happiness stumbling block of Halloween candy. Oh, God. That's in episode 245. If you want to hear about how to deal with Halloween candy, listen to that. So how do you deal with it? Well, basically, her answer is... You're an adult with a car and a credit card. You can get candy anytime you want. <laughs> Halloween is not special. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, for me, that's going to make it a lot easier. Yeah. So, yeah, we got to remember that. Okay. I'm an adult with a car and a credit card. You can get Snickers whenever you please. You don't need to have it on Halloween. Although Snickers, I won't be having because there's dairy in Snickers. Oh, right. And I'm vegan now, See, so it would be a different kind of candy. you cut down on your, <laughs> on your candy. Yes, which leads me to our second update. I wanted to thank everyone who has been sending all these amazing vegan resources I've been using the cookbook that Victoria recommended, Chloe's Kitchen by Chloe's Coscarelli. It's, like, totally amazing. Oh, good. And then so many of our listeners have sent in restaurants and websites and meal planning hacks and just all this amazing stuff. It's going to take me, like, five years just to get through it all, which is great because it's a long-term thing. Hopefully you have more than five years exactly. being a plant-based eater. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. And Sarah, of course, I also want to mention Gretchen and I are still on tour with our live show, Happier Hour. Some cities are sold out, but tickets should still be available for Washington, D.C., Charlotte, Atlanta, and Brooklyn. So you can go to GretchenRubin.com slash events for links to buy tickets. We love uh, meeting our listeners. We're having a great time. So have a ladies' night. Come see us. And we should also mention we both are getting over cold. So we're yeah. a little oh, froggy yes. and hoarse today. Yes. Apologies. <laughs> okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk Sub, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week it's rejecting anxiety. Yes, we have decided that we are going to try to remove anxiety from the notes process. Yeah, as we've discussed, we're in the process of writing two pilot scripts. They're both due before Christmas, and each one involves many phases of notes from many, many different parties. Many. And we have been known to be stressed 
about notes. Mm-hmm. And we should say, like, our notes are often really excellent, and we don't oh, mind yes. getting notes. It's like the actual notes are fine. Yeah. The executing of the notes is fine. But before the notes come, we get very anxious. Yeah, because you were like, what if somebody hates this? I yeah. mean, that's the fear, of course, yes, right? It's very common writer yes. neurotic anxiety. Yes. Um, I mean, there was a time when we would be so anxious before calls, like we couldn't eat, like our stomach would be churning for hours. Yeah. Like we'd wake up. We might not have a notes call at 4 p.m. We'd wake up feeling sick. Yes. And you just lose hours of your life to dread. Yeah. And not to mention us just going back and forth. Like, what do you think the notes are going to be? What do you think <laughs> the notes are going to be? I think they're going to be this. Well, it could be that, but it could be this. And it's not a productive cycle. No. And it's never what you expect anyway. Because right. if it was what you expected, you, you would have, have fixed it. it before you turned it in. Right. So we thought we would apply my traffic thing to the notes process. Yes, which, remind everyone what your traffic thing is. Okay, which is I just decided, I don't know, maybe I think it was after Violet was born, that I was not going to be stressed in traffic. Mm-hmm. I was not going to get that frustrated, crazy Los Angeles-induced traffic craziness Mm -hmm. that happens. I just decided I wasn't going to, and I haven't, and it's like the most amazing change in my life. You you mentioned this to me. You said, I want to remove anxiety from the notes process the way I remove stress from traffic, and I thought you were nuts. (laughs) Yeah, you were like, like, that's the craziest thing. crazy? That's never going (laughs) to happen, but then you talked me through it, and you convinced me that we could do this together. I think we can, because we don't gain anything from that anxiety. Right. And we lose hours. Yeah. And the truth is, the anxiety in no way impacts the notes. In no way. To state the obvious. Yeah. So there is literally no point to having the anxiety. Yes. So I'm just rejecting it. From now on, I think we should just reject it. If we see it coming, acknowledge it, and then turn it away like, like Amy with the ghosts. Oh, <laughs> can we say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sarah, I should tell our listeners what you're referring to. Yes. We both had a housekeeper, Amy, who we adored. She's amazing. Um, but she um, talks to dead people, but she doesn't want to talk to dead people. So she would see them. She would say, I see you. I know you're there, but I have nothing for you. Yeah, it was like, there's no help she, for you there's here. There's no right? help for you here. And she would turn her back on the ghosts. So we are going to do that. We are going to say to anxiety when it rears up, there's nothing. Well, what are we going to say? There is no space for you here. Okay, there's no space for you here. And we're going to (laughs) turn our back. Yes. Okay. And whenever one of us goes, the other will be there to remind. Yes. That's what's nice about having a partner. It's true. There is no space for you here. Okay. Anxiety. <laughs> um, but by the way, this does not mean we care less about the outcome. Oh, God, no. No, We're no, no. We're still insanely invested yes. in getting these things made. No, and in fact, I think it will make the outcome better because we'll be using that time in a productive way yes. instead of in a like, what? Right. Instead of going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And we just have to remember writing is rewriting. So whatever the notes are, it's fine because writing is rewriting. Yes. And we've done it a thousand times. I was thinking it's kind of like a mindfulness. Like Uh we have to make a mindful decision to do this. And then, as you said, with 
our our ghost analogy. Also, <laughs> it's like when you're trying to meditate and thoughts come down and you yes. acknowledge it, it's like a river. Yeah. It's like, okay, here comes a thought. Okay, I see that thought and I'm going to let it keep flowing down the river. Yes. Um, and so that's what we're going to do with our anxiety about notes. Just let them keep flowing down the river. Flow down the river. There is no space for you here. Sarah, uh, now question. Can I still be huh. sick with anxiety over the actual question of whether or not we're going to get a green light for our pilots? Oh, God. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. A hundred percent. I will be right there with you. Okay. No so anxiety not... till then. Okay. And then all the anxiety we've pushed away, it we'll will all flood come in right back. And we will yeah. experience massive anxiety. Yeah. But for a shorter period of time. It's going to be great. Perfect. Next up, a listener question about creativity. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for our mailbag segment. This comes from our Facebook group. Christine asked, how do you maintain a steady stream of creativity, especially in high-pressure situations? Mm, that's a great question. Yes. Basically, we have no choice. Yeah. This reminds me, um, you know, Sarah, after Jack was born, I found that my writer's block went away. Like, I would have such writer's block I would spend hours doing nothing, not being able to write eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. Yeah. The second I had a baby and time just sort of became very different, Yeah. I never had writer's block again because, <laughs> like, you just got to write when you can write. Yes, absolutely. If you have that two hours, that's when it's going to happen. Yes. And I think practice has helped. It definitely mm. gets easier over time. It's like, you know, creativity is a muscle that gets stronger with use. And yes. if you're just using it constantly, it's always there. Yes. You think like, oh, I have to wait to get inspired. Yeah. But in fact, the more you try to be creative, the more creative ideas you will have. It's the opposite. It's like if you spend a year trying not to be creative and then you try to write a poem, it's not going to be nearly as good of a poem as if you try to write a poem every single day. Yes. Oh, that's so true. And also, we do take time to rest our brains. Yes. We're not kind of constantly beating at the creativity horse. Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it. Um, uh, but for instance, like during the fix, yeah. a lot of times if we hit a wall, a creative wall, we had no idea what to do. You and Marsha and I would go take a walk around the studio. We would do it to rest our brains. But what 
was interesting is that often on that walk, we would actually have an idea. Yes. So we'd be talking about something totally different, and then somebody would go, well, you know, we could do this. And someone would go, well, Uh that's true. And if we did that, we could do this. And by the time we came back to our building, we'd often have a solution or at least the beginning of a solution. Yes. And we also take longer amounts of time off. Like, we take weekends. We are very, I mean, if we are really under the gun, we may end up working at some point on a weekend. But we really enforce that. We do not try to keep that going seven days a week. No, you can't. No. It's not good. It's not good for your process. No, you have to, like, feed your life in order to have ideas. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, and I mean, when the pressure is really on, like, okay, production starts in two days, you know, we've got to have a script. We just push through. Yeah, And that's where experience really does help. And like you're saying, practice. We've done it before. Sometimes you just have to put your nose to the grindstone and just force creativity out of your body. And have faith that the idea is there. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that comes from experience. Is yes. We know that if we just keep at it, we'll get to what we need. And yeah. there's often a temptation to be like, okay, well, let's just do that because that pressure is on and it's not the best idea, but it's an idea. So let's go down that road. And the ability to resist that temptation mm-hmm. is also kind of part of the experience process, I think, with us. It's like, yes. we we really do keep pushing until we get to the thing that we're excited about. And what's also true is that we rely on other people. Yes. So this is what's great about having a writer's room. And I imagine, I mean, this is true in any field. Like, if you're a lawyer trying to work on a defense, I'm sure you rely on other lawyers to have ideas. Yeah. We really rely on other writers to come forward when we are flagging. You know, and likewise, that's what we do for other people. So because we're a creative community, we have, we're surrounded by people who can be creative. So that's exceedingly helpful. And obviously we do that with each other every day. Of course. Yeah. That's why we like being a team. Exactly. Ultimately, though, we have a very practical view of yes. creativity, I think. It's not the the muses and if you sit and provide space and, you know, we're just very, very practical about it. It's a nose to the grindstone mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's work and effort and that produces results. Yes. As Jess and KJ say on the hashtag am writing podcast, which we recommend to everyone, they say, Keep your butt in the chair and your head in the game. Yes. And then amazing things happen. It can be really exciting. And that's what keeps us going through all those times that are kind of a grind. Yes. Okay, Sarah, it's time for Hits and Bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. Yes, you have a hit this week, Liz. Yes. Okay, I'm giving a big hit to the latest season of the podcast Startup. So Startup, for anyone who has never heard of it, started when Alex Bloomberg, who created the company Gimlet, which is a big podcasting company, and when he decided he was going to start it, and this was very a renegade, you know, he was a pioneer, mm-hmm. he did a podcast about starting the company called Startup, and I absolutely love the first season of the show. I mean, it's what got me into podcasts. It's the first yes. podcast I listened to, that and Serial. And I just, I binged it. I love it so much. And over the years, they've done different things for different seasons. 
But this year, right now, they're doing a final season of Startup, and you don't have to have listened to anything else to enjoy this. You can just come in now about Gimlet being sold to Spotify for many, 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 many millions of dollars, tens (laughs) of millions of dollars. And so it's only three episodes, but it follows sort of where they were in 2018. They had a lot of expenses. Things weren't hitting the way they wanted them to hit. They were There was a lot of infighting. And then it goes through the sale of the company or the acquisition of the company. Anyway, I think it's absolutely fascinating. Both It's both emotional and interesting in terms of the business of it all. And Alex Bloomberg is really a great communicator. And I love hearing from his partner, Matt Lieber, who he co-founded the company with, who's on the business side. As a team, I find it really interesting to hear teams working out their dynamics. Yes, it's fascinating. So anyway, I really um, suggest everyone... Well, First of all, I suggest you go back and listen to the first season. But if you don't feel like doing that, you can jump in now and still enjoy it. It's only three episodes. Yeah, it's three episodes. It's not a huge commitment, and it sounds amazing. It is. You've convinced me. But, Sarah, we have a um, shared bomb. We do. It's a bad one because we should be doing better at this. Yes. We have not hiked in, I mean, months. Weeks. Weeks or months, I don't know. I'm going to say months. And our whole thing was, hey, we're just developing. We don't have to go into an office. We're going to be hiking at least four days a week. (laughs) It's going to be so great. We're having hiking meetings. We posted pictures of us having working hiking meetings. I think when we posted that picture is the last time we hiked. (laughs) So whatever that was. It's been hot. It has been hot. And there are several valid reasons why we haven't been hiking. Right. Also, it's it's tricky because we record on some days, and so that in the yeah, morning, in the morning when it's cooler, we're in the studio when we could be hiking. And then we also tend to do our doctor's appointments in the mornings because that's more efficient. Yes. Also, we both do the strength code, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to sync up our days. Right. So, like, you're Monday, I'm Wednesday, neither one of us wants to hike after doing the strength yes. code. Another so, morning we're recording, another morning yes. we have a doctor's appointment, another so, morning it's hot. Yeah, so there are factors, but I think we need, it's getting cooler. Yeah. I think we need to commit. We talked about this and we thought something we could do is start hiking during our lunch hour. Yes. Now that it's theoretically cooling off, it was 90 degrees yesterday. Yeah. I'm definitely not hiking when it's 90 degrees. But when it actually cools off, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because another thing we're trying to do is not go out to lunch every day. Mm-hmm. So, but it's nice to get out so we could eat lunch and then go hiking. Yes. Instead of going out to lunch. Okay. It's a plan. Let's do that. Let's say we have to report back, you know, before Thanksgiving as okay. to how we're doing. Okay. Agreed. Next up, a homegrown Hollywood hack that will make your avocado toast even more delicious. But first, a quick break. Okay, Sarah, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. I don't even know if I can pronounce this. I'm going to try. Hamama. Hamama. Yes. Okay. What is it? So, hey, Mama. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey Chuck. Mama. <laughs> um, so, many years ago, like 10 years ago, I went to visit my friend Steve in North Carolina, and his living room had, he lived in this 
fabulous, and still does, in this fabulous big house. And in the living room, they had these huge windows, and there was like an indoor garden Mm. by the windows. And they were like seeding all of their things that that were going to go out to the garden Mm. in the spring. Mm. And I just thought that was the coolest thing, and I have always wanted to be like that person who has something growing in the window that Mm. is an actual food product. So that's like your fantasy (laughs) self. Yes, exactly. Totally my fantasy self. So, Hamama makes that actually possible. This is not an ad. This is just something I'm crazy excited about. Now, is Hamama the company? Yes. Okay. That's the company. And what they do is you can go online, hamama.com, and they will send you a little tray, and you halfway fill it with water, and they send seed quilts, and you just put them in the water, and then they grow into food that you can eat. And they're, like, small and containable and so unbelievably easy. You put in this seed quilt, and a week later, you have your own microgreens. And I have been making avocado toast for lunch. Just, like, smash up an Mm -hmm. avocado, put some tomato on, and then put some broccoli sprout microgreens, for example. And are they super nutritious? They're super nutritious. So are sprouts more nutritious than other... I feel like I've heard they have more nutrients or something. That's my understanding. Okay. Yes. And you can, like, throw them in salads. You can throw them in anything. And they're just so good for you and so fresh because you're literally, like, cutting them from the, you know, seed quilt and then putting them in your food. And they're so good. And also, I feel like for someone who has kids, Mm -hmm. it's so good for them to, like, have that experience Mm. of seeing something grow. And Violet loves them. Like, she loves, like— dipping the seed quilt in the water and watching it kind of soak mm. up the water. And then every day she checks it, and they grow every single day. It takes, uh, I feel like, four to six days for the sprouts to kind of grow, and then you peel off a little paper. And then four days later, you're harvesting your own microgreens. And then do they keep growing, or you only get one harvest? Well, you can compost the seed quilt. What I've been doing is putting them outside in, uh, like, a little garden patch that I have. Mm-hmm. And then the second growth I give to the guinea pigs. Ah. So for us, it's like a double thing. Nice. I put them outside and then just kind of harvest for the guinea pigs a week later. And they have so many different kinds. They have arugula, kale, fenugreek, cabbage, radish, clover. Mm. Um, They have others, but those weren't my favorites. I'm just telling you my favorite ones. And do they taste differently from each other? Like, does radish taste different from broccoli sprouts? Well, so far I've only done broccoli and wheatgrass. Okay. Um, And wheatgrass... I don't know if you've, like, juiced wheatgrass. It can be a, a, a lot. But when you just, when it's just growing, it's really sweet. Mm, like, it's very, very sweet. So Violet was, like, picking it off and just, like, nibbling on the wheatgrass. Oh, wow. And is it pretty affordable? It It is affordable. They have different plans. I do one where I think it's, like, $50 for nine seed quilts, and they send them to you every mm. three months. Oh, nice. I'm not. That's not 100% solid, but if you look online, you can see all their different plans. And I'm just, I totally love it. It's so easy. It's a small little tray. You can put it anywhere. It doesn't have to be by a window. Of course, mine is because that's my yes. fantasy self. But it can be just in regular, you know, light bulb light. Okay, Sarah, I think um, you're actually convincing me to do this. The avocado toast got me because, you know, I love avocado toast. Well, I bet Jack would love it. It. He, he might would. like go He'd by get and just such a kick out of it. Grab yes. some and eat it like Violet yes. does. Yes. It's so fun. All right. Hamama. Hamama. 
And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and the new podcast from Whole30's Melissa Urban, Do the Thing. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Okay, I really am going to remember that Melissa thing tonight. Yeah, the candy. Yeah. yeah. I have a car. I have a credit card. <laughs> I have at least $2 cash in my wallet. <laughs> if I want to go get candy, I can go get it anytime I want. Yes, you do not need to eat the candy in the bowl. It there has is more no candy power. in the universe. No power over me. You don't need that candy.